away. Still better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, welcome to Friday's Captain Run. This is the run into the Anzac weekend. Always a big weekend for NRL. Uh, welcome, Woody, on the phone. Uh, hopefully you've yeah, uh, how are you? you've exited the Woolworths car park and you're not searching for cans. And Jared, up in Brizzy. I am. Yes, morning, gentlemen. How are we both? I'm at I'm at the um I'm at the recycling centre. I'm in the back of one of the trucks. <laughs> right. Oh well. Can you just keep the noise down today? Because uh, I think we. Oh, have... just hang on a sec. Hang, hang on a sec. Can man, just be quiet. We're doing the uh, podcast. Sweet, thanks, mate. Right, okay, we're right to go. Uh, a bit of housekeeping. Firstly, uh, I'd just like to, um, uh, I suppose, uh, publicly congratulate uh, Julie Lee, who is uh, the wife of Cole Lee, um, great friend of the podcast. Um, Cole, we uh, we we met last year actually when we we're trying to raise money for the floods. Who runs Rotary uh, in Ballina? And Julie was um, Ju- Julie was down at Parliament House yesterday to accept her Order of Australia medal. Um, I don't know. I'll throw it out to listeners because I know everyone in the Northern Rivers knows Cole Lee. How many people have you met, husband and wife, that are both Order of Australia? They've got the AO wow. in their name. How amazing is that, boys? Well, I, haven't, uh, I haven't met a husband and wife. I know two like local Lennox guys. I do. Um, that have got the order of Australia. Yeah. Uh, so nineteen, I think it was nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, as a twelve-year-old, James Pearson won the uh, order of order of Australia, <laughs> and um, and then the year that Keith retired from the Trojans, Keith Pickett, I think it was two thousand and twenty-one. So, as well. So they're the only two that you know in the two four seven eight. Well, I I know a yeah, few, but but I've got a. I definitely don't know a husband and wife combo. So congratulations, Julie and Cole. Unbelievable. Congratulations, guys. Right. Well, let's uh, let's move into around the grounds. Woody, um, Margaret's uh, the forecast. Uh, I had a bit of a look this morning, and if you have a look at the free surfs, it looks like they've got plenty of swell for this event, which is fantastic. I, yeah, I, uh, I I had a quick chat to one of the judges uh, on the over the phone yesterday. He said the day they arrived, um, I think it was Tuesday unbelievable conditions and then it was going to slowly taper off they were going to get one more swell but they should be sort of running if they don't run today they'll run sort of throughout the weekend they reckon they'll probably run it almost sort of you know straight in you know four days yeah right I so it's pretty good the winds are really good really fair conditions too not massive like last year so you got pretty consistent swell in that four to sort of six foot range maybe a day where it's eight foot but probably not just a really good sort of high-performance sort of size wave, I guess, where they can, you know, if you're on the bubble and you need a result, you can 
night just sitting out there praying that you get some waves. Well, that's fantastic. The um, Now, this is the last event for the mid-year cutoff, Woody. We've obviously seen a really big resurgence um, in the Aussie, uh, you know, from the Aussie side of it. Like uh, Jack and Ethan and Ryan are probably, they're pretty much qualified for the, the back end of the year. Liam, uh, Liam O'Brien, um, Jacko Baker, Cal Robbo and Connor pretty much all need results, don't they, at Margaret's? Yeah, Callum's okay. Yeah. Um, Ryan Callahan's okay. Connor's twelfth, I think. Um, Jacko's about he's on twenty-two. The, he and he and Liam yeah, are on the cast. They'll need to get to round four or something like that, pending other people. Um, I think Connor will probably only have to make round three, maybe depending on what other people do as well. But uh, yeah, I think everyone's got a chance to stay on there if they get you know to round four or above. Yeah, right. And I don't then, think they need. Pending the results, but and then in the girls, um, Steph, Isabella, Macy, they all need a result to stay in, inside that top ten. I mean, they they all surf pretty good at Margaret, so they should be a fairly good chance of pushing through some heats over there. I would think. Yeah, I think Isabel's won it, hasn't she? She won it. Did she, she win it last year or the year before? Um, obviously, Steph has. Macy's great on her forehand. Uh, you just got to. It's like I think the waves have been so average in every event. That they're, they're, it's just there's been a, like there's been way more luck involved versus skill. Um, so hopefully they just get a really good consistent swell, and it's down to your performance, not like just getting the one way that's a foot bigger than the other ones, and they can, you know, hopefully showcase their ability. So, Coach Woods, question for uh, for Connor: What are what are the what's the final message for Connor if it's say? I don't know, Margaret, six to eight foot, which it probably looks like it's going to be pretty good conditions. What's he need to do? Uh, just showcase his power. He's like probably up there in the top sort of three or four of the bigger people on tour. Um, and just fucking get that back foot going. Okay, right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully. so you're thinking he needs to get sort of Round three or beyond to to um ben. yeah I think he's pretty, like with that with back to back quarterfinals one at one at Portugal one at um Dells, I think he's pretty he's given himself a like a bit more of a cushion in at Margaret's but yeah I I, I guess if any if a couple of guys get going then he might have a bit of bit of trouble but if it's at main break and he if if he gets some waves like a good amount of waves in each heat he's every chance to going really well. It suits those bigger frame guys, John, Jordy, Jack. I feel like he's he's sort of he's going he's peaking at the right time for that event. Beautiful. Right, oh well let's move into the NRL. There's plenty going on, Jared. Um I mean is the is the press reports correct on the water Walker Cronk sort of I don't know, is it a blow up or is it he's a bit uh, he's a bit peeved about how he's been coached on how to play in the halves and as a result, he's uh, he's going to find himself in reserve grade this weekend. They've made changes at the Roosters with um, Kiri moving to halfback and uh, Manu back into well back to five eight, a bigger body there, left and right side. Um, you know, especially with Kiri, I suppose, with his head knocks, not wanting to take too much defence on. What's your sort of read on it? Yeah, I think we touched on this last Monday, Steve. That um, I thought the Roosters have been very disappointing over the last couple of weeks, in particular last week, and that they're 
both their halves are just not playing direct or straight. Uh, they're not straightening the attack. They're not actually opening holes. A lot of sideways play, a lot of ad lib play. Uh, and clearly that's created a lot of frustration with the coach. Cronk um, is their spine and halves coach. Uh, the male, I think, is right that there certainly has been a bit of a um, behind-the-scenes blow-up and uh, fallout between Cronk and Walker. Cronk, um, I believe, is adamant that Walker has not been listening to how they've wanted to play and how he's been coached, uh, and that's then been leaked to the media. So disappointing that it's actually got out there. I mean, these sorts of things can happen when teams are not playing to their strengths or uh, winning. Um, but uh, interesting watch. Um, I think Manu certainly can clearly play six and play it well. Um, I'm not sure that he's a great passer of the football, though. So that then means that you've got him at six and Tedesco at one. Not necessarily great uh, passes of the ball. Very interesting watch on Tuesday against the Dragons. What would your analytical take be on how Cronk would coach Harv Stewart? Well, I think he likes to see them play a lot straighter. Um, and I think with... So sort of the into the line? Of, yes, into the line. Um, um, and certainly not sideways. He was not ever um, a sideways player himself. And I think with the strengths that they have in their, their two centres and fullback, he'd be wanting them to be uh, playing to the line, opening holes and, and using to, and playing to that strength. Whereas I think Walker and Keary have both been guilty of playing sideways um, and not opening things up. I think, I think the other thing that they didn't do, which I was surprised against the Sharks, was if we go back three games ago, they played the Eels off a break by um, playing a little wide with their... Uh, um, ball runners, both halves and or back rowers, and then turning the ball back into their big men back through the middle and playing right down the centre of the field. I thought that was the way that they should have been playing the Sharks, and they hardly did that all in the game. So I'm not sure whether that was part of the game plan that wasn't executed against the Sharks, and that was also an additional fallout. Woody, have you, uh, have you had a look at the Tigers selections this week? Are they taking the piss? I haven't looked at them because I don't go through them anymore. So, what's your take, Jared? Have they taken the piss or what? Well, I, I'm just amazed. I mean, if that's the starting sign, uh, you know, I thought Staines was played one of his best games at fullback last game, and now he's been moved moved to a wing. Uh, they brought in a, a young guy. Clearly, looks um, very promising, but they're certainly um, blooding him when they're on such a major losing run at the moment. That seems to put a lot of pressure on the kid. The other one that was really interesting is Bloor. Uh, I think it's been one of their uh, better back rowers. He's been uh, dropped to the bench. The other key factor here is the games at Campbelltown, the Eagles actually have a far better record at Campbelltown than the West Tigers do. So <laughs> uh, read into that what you wish. Um, yeah, clearly you know, a team under a lot of pressure. And, yeah, Wakeman's on the minimum salary and was bought as a backup and now he's got to play a leading role. I mean, they just seem to be lurching from one issue to another. Now, Woody, we have... Do you think... Oh, you go. Do you you think, Jared, that uh, it could be, like, Brooks is undroppable? Like, how does he just keep not getting dropped so much? Undroppable, I like that. Yeah, I think think he is. Uh, I think he's certainly been... how the fuck did he Yeah. Well, the last 16 games he's played in first grade, they've lost. 
the one win that they've had in that period uh, was a week he was out with out injured. So the last sixteen times he's played yeah. first grade for them, they've lost sixteen times. And then the one, and then the one week he's out, they won. Oh dear! Yep. And that was just the Broncos in a major upset last year. I mean, the the other key talking point here is that uh, for a period of at least twelve months, the Knights tried to negotiate um, signing yeah, books. Yeah, to take the only sticking point was who was going to pay how much of what of his contract, and the Tigers wouldn't budge. I mean, how ridiculous is that now? Well, gee, I, I reckon uh, I reckon the Knights would be sitting back saying. I'm glad we sort of didn't quite get that deal over the line and we picked up Hastings. Oh, well, chalk and cheese, isn't it? And how well, as we keep touching week after week, is Hastings going for them? And then um, the, the Knights, compare that to where the Tigers are in terms of performance. I mean, we're eight oh, rounds in. The Tigers have yet to come up with a win. The Knights have been nothing but positive and plucky week after week after week. Unbelievable. Woody, uh, right. what, what, how did you get paid as the Tigers? Like, how did the football manager, how did the recruitment officer, and how the fuck does the front office get a wage each week? How do they just collect their money? Well, the other key thing is those, most of those seats keep changing each year. I mean, this year they've got um, different people running recru- recruitment, a different guy running GM of football, uh, who's Tim Sheens' offsider, a guy who previously been sacked twice at the club and now it returns. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, one cluster after another. Steve, what about the other big news today? Uh, it's mooted um, that Whiten might well be signing with the Rabbits over oh, the next no couple chance. of days. I think it's no chance, isn't it? I, I saw Demetrio uh, interviewed uh, yesterday afternoon. I mean, he made it pretty clear <laughs> that they had no movement in, the, in their salary cap. Yeah, so very do, interesting. Very do, interesting story. Do, do you reckon that's just been unfold, put out there or the story just as a bit of a, you know, a, a, I don't know, to sort of deflect attention away from the Raiders or? I'm not sure. I, I, I think it's probably a little bit of clickbait, um, you know, given the guy that's written it uh, for News Limited and Fox. Um, I mean, he uh, he has more misses than he does hits. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what unfolds over the next couple of days. But, Certainly the noise, as we've touched on over the last couple of weeks, keeps suggesting that Whiten is not re-signing at the Raiders. And if if he was, well, there's already that four-year deal at $1.1 million a year, a year supposedly on the table for him to sign. Well, why is there a delay and where might he be heading? A hundred percent. Well, what about this? What, what about this, Jared? How, like, does that come back to Ricky Stewart as a coach? Like, is that... Do you think if they... To keep Whiten if they got rid of Ricky, like you reckon it's him to a degree? You reckon he's overplaying under Ricky? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm, I personally would suggest that there's probably part of that in there somewhere. I mean, the other key motivator, uh, supposedly in the background, is that his partner comes from um, Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast, ah. and, and that moving moving to Redcliffe long term. Uh, and relocating their family uh, has been a major discussion point for them for a number of years. And so uh, if the Dolphins are chiming in with an attractive offer uh, and the long-term option of relocating, um, I think that's uh, appeared to be very attractive to him. What about this, Joe, then? 
Did you watch uh, NRL 360 and see Paul Camp, how much he sticks up for Ricky Stewart, how blatantly obvious it is? Oh, he paid much attention to that. It's bananas. I haven't watched the show for two and a half years since Ben Eichen left because it's just, for mine, absolute rubbish. And it's just uh, just clickbait all the time. And, and, and so just you're, you're, in, and, you're in protest, Jared. <laughs> You're in oh, listen, I think I'm, I'm one of many. I, my understanding is that their their ratings have uh, dropped significantly over the last oh, uh, right? two years. Yeah, yeah was, absolutely. Uh, I must say it was unbelievably. Uh, it's buzzing that. It's like a it's like an old bunch of old blokes arguing at the bowler every Sunday other on the pitch. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Ben <laughs> Iken, Ben Iken was exceptional. He should come back. Foxtel, bring him back. Bring him back. Now, Woody, we've had a lot of feedback from your Origin sites. I've had a lot of messages. Yeah. Um, All right, let's hear it. Well, the, the message is, and we're not going to do it today, is that they now want Jared to put his coach's hat on and give us a rundown on how Fittler has coached and how, uh, how Billy has coached last year um, and whether or not we'll see changes in the way they've coached because most of the messages I had were um, very negative on how Freddie has, has, number one, firstly approached his selections um, number two, uh, lots of feedback on your sides. They thought the New South Wales side was pretty much bang on. So there you go, Woody. Maybe you got, maybe you, you do become a selector at the at the uh, at the Tigers. I'm so, calling. I'm calling Craig uh, Greg Alexander. I'm calling Brandy. Yeah, I, I, I think that's maybe a good idea. So they want Jared. Uh, if you're up to it, Jared, they want you to put your coach's hat on in the next couple of weeks. We'll we'll pick. Uh, maybe we sort of break it up in a couple of podcasts to uh, give us a rundown on how Freddie has coached so far and what he needs to change this year to win the series, um, tying in, you know, possible sort of selection angles. Are you up for yeah, that? Yeah, love to, love to, uh, absolutely. And um, I will say for the record, I, I haven't been fitness greatest fan over recent seasons and I thought, you know, Wayne Bennett played him off a break when he caused that upset win um, going back two or three years ago. And I thought Billy was outstanding with some of the things that he did with an understrength side last year. So a, a very interesting origin series this year. Right. I will what, do you, what do you think about this, Jared? This is my take on it. He let, Billy Slater lets them play what they're good at. So he lets them, play, he lets them play to their strengths. Bittler tries to make them defend more. And they fucking play. They don't play freely. They don't, New South Wales don't play as free as Queensland at all because they think they're too structured. Tries to make him too structured, I reckon. I, I, I actually agree with that, Woody, and I, I think he's picked a team around that, playing, playing yeah. a lot of structure, and he also tries to pick the most obvious as opposed to possibly the best balanced team. Yeah. I think and I reckon, I reckon too, I honestly reckon that the, the biggest showcase of that is how Mao stuck with Adokar and yeah, Jack Wyden 100%. for the Kangaroos, and they fucking were the two of their best attacking players. Like, it's fucking bananas that they didn't pick both of them, and especially Wyden in Game 3. And now he's not going to play. He's just like, fuck yeah, I'm not playing. Well, uh, I, I think if we look across the last four years that Freddie's been coached, there's been notable guys dropped who have then gone on to uh, play high-quality club football, but also been notable uh, weaknesses uh, in hindsight of their dropping. I mean, Coach yeah. Hawke is one, uh, Keery is another. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he, I, I think, I think yeah. with Fittler, it all starts at the selection table. I think his selection since he's been coach have 
been at the at the best questionable, and he's made some really bizarre selections. So let's see what he comes up with this week. We will revert back to uh, getting you to put your coach's hat on, Jared. I think this will be a really interesting um, sort of dissection of how we think the origin might play out. Absolutely. Great right intriguing series this year. Right, OK, man. We're going to move on to the previews. So please listen up, Woody, so you can get your bets on. We're going to start with uh, tonight. So, I mean, we all love this round. I mean, Anzac round, once you get to Tuesday and you've got uh, the Dragons, the, the Roosters, first time at uh, the new stadium, I'm sure that will be sold out into Storm Warriors. Um, they're the two real big matchups on Anzac um, on Anzac Day. But uh, it's a big round, uh, round eight. Uh, we need to pull our socks up. Um, and the first uh, first game we're going to preview, Jared, is the Rabbits v Panthers tonight. Yeah, we've got a cracker to start the round. And you're right, Steve, all, all the way across this round, right through to finishing on Tuesday. Uh, there's some really tight quality games. And we've seen over the last two or three weeks, it's been difficult to find winners let alone uh, winning bets because uh, the tightness of the competition and some of the key upsets. And, gee, we look like a tight contest here tonight. Uh, on a couple of years ago, these two played off at this same ground. Uh, actually, no, at Suncorp, I'm sorry, as a grand final. Uh, they've been neck and neck in very tight tussles year after year. The Panthers hold a decided advantage. They've won nine of the last ten. But the majority of those games have been very, very tight. And I think a couple of the key outs here in particular, uh, if we look at the changes over the last six months of the Penrith lineup, looks to make this game even tighter because they're missing, obviously, Fisher-Harris and Martin. But then we're seeing the influence of missing Abby Corusau at nine and Kikau on that left. And it's really brought their attack back to ground. And uh, they're lacking against good quality opponents uh, attack and points and polish. And through their last five games, they've had two golden point games and a 16-10 result over the Rabbits when at Penrith Park back in week two in a game where they had a mountain of ball uh, and it wasn't until late that they actually got away with that win. Outside of that, when they've played the Eagles who, were, who rolled over were very poor and the Raiders who were very poor, yes, they've had commanding wins, but... We saw again last week, the Knights take the game to them. They were very positive. Uh, they got points and made the Panthers chase, and I think that gets them out of their comfort zone. And I think that the Rabbits can do that here back at Homebush. Their record there is very, very good. They've won seven of their last ten at Homebush, and their overall record is much like the Eagles returning to Brookvale. They always play very well here. They come through two commanding wins. I did question some of the form in the win over the Dolphins and the Bulldogs, but the key I like about that is the strike and attack with uh, Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell. They're also playing the right edge much more this year than they were in previous years under Bennett. Most of what they've done previously was these long sweeps from right to left. This year, Cody Walker and on occasions Latrell are darting down right edges, setting up Graham to affect and uh, causing some trouble. I think if the Rabbits can get some early points, I think they're to advantage here. I think they can cause an upset. I had this game marked under two points between them. The early market was a six and a half. It's now five and a half. I think by game time we'll see it at four and a half. I thought the plus start was the right way to go with the Rabbits as well. Yeah, look, I think um, I think a bit of karma here. The Panthers shouldn't have won last weekend. Knights were uh, well and truly the better side. And Graham Annis Lee is an absolute muppet um, calling the fact that that tackle by Frizzell on uh, 
long-haired number six from the Panthers was a penalty. Ridiculous, and that changed the game. So I'm, I'm with you, Jared. I think the Rabbits. Be a very good way to start the round. Right, so we move into uh, Dogs versus the Sharks. Well, I went with this game. Like, it does look uh, lopsided, but I went with this game to preview because I do think it's the best bet of the round. I am keen about the Sharks covering the 14 and a half here. Um, they're at Homebush Saturday afternoon. You know, the Bulldogs have been incredibly plucky and, and had a lot of resolve and resilience into this season. But the last couple of weeks, all of these injury outs just continue to mount. And now over the last couple of weeks, they've lost Ado Car, they've now lost Kikau, uh, now they've lost uh, Karaz. Uh, you know, there's somewhere around seven, eight, nine uh, injury outs for them, and it's just really depleted and weakened them. I thought that, uh, again, they showed that resolve against the Eels last week, but as the 80 minutes wears by, and especially against teams that are prepared to shift the football like the Sharks will, I think it just opens them up at will. Um, the Sharks come off a positive win at home against the Roosters. It's only across town travel to Homebush. Uh, dry track uh, Saturday afternoon. I think the Sharks uh, can win this and win with a number. I certainly thought it looked about 20. The 14 and a half to mine looks um, a little bit too low, and I thought they were the best of the week. Uh, we move into uh, Anzac Day, so Tuesday. Um, this is the night game, Storm versus Warriors, but uh, prior to that, I know you're not going to do the preview, but we've got the Dragons versus Roosters. Uh, I must say, Jared, I think the Dragons Roosters, that Anzac Day, with all the spirit that it brings afternoon um, at the stadium, I think it's probably got to be the highlight for me of one of the most enjoyable uh, games to sit down and watch, regardless of the result. I couldn't agree more. And to that effect, uh, Steve, the, the Dragons' record on Anzac Day is outstanding. Um, you know, they've caused multiple upsets. Uh, it is a day that they clearly uh, do live for. Um, that clash is always uh, traditionally a sellout. It will be great to see that stadium full. And, you know, four o'clock game on what appears to be a clear sunny afternoon should be an absolute cracker. And uh, listen, I, I'm certainly with the Roosters the win. The market has it around 12.5 to 13.5. Right now, I just don't have the confidence in the Roosters' attack possibly uh, clearing that margin. I do think they win. The other key point in their favour, Steve, is they are the one team this week that are back-to-back -back away returning home. So the Roosters, of being uh, and playing away, uh, returning home on a, uh, a a big occasion, I think that's probably the advantage and certainly a lot of pressure and focus around what the Dragons are doing at the moment. Okay, so if we go into Tuesday night's game, um, Storm at home, which is always a big event down there. They put on a great show again for Anzac Day coming up against a very much informed Warriors. Yeah, very much informed Warriors. Won four of their last five. Who would have thought that eight weeks into this season? Webster's done an outstanding job. Now, a lot of people seem to remember that the Warriors do have a good record against the Melbourne. But the truth is that record and positive record against them actually goes back quite a number of years. The Storm have won the last 13 straight against the Warriors. And at home in particular on this day, uh, do aim up. I think the key here are the ins and outs. For the Warriors, they're missing Martin and Egan, so they're six and they're nine, and they have another two or three uh, out on the back of that, travelling into Melbourne against the Storm, who now get Meaning back, they get Big Nelson back, and I think it's a stronger-looking and a much better balanced team. With Munster back at six, Meaning at the back, I think 
that's a key change. Nelson in, in the middle. I do like the Storm. I think they win. I think they'll benefit from that longer turnaround with a few of these guys who are getting back into form and back from uh, injury layoffs. Uh, I thought the Storm win. I think the market around 13 and a half. Uh, it's about my m- number two. I think the Storm can cover that as well. Should be a cracking way to finish this and a really nice test for where the Warriors are at the moment. Righto, so let's go into the tips. Um, I don't know whether to use Joker this weekend, but we'll decide. Woody, have you used your Joker yet? Nah, round 27. Jared, have you used yours? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I actually did consider it a little bit this week, but... I did think that there are a couple of games that are probably tight. That Rabbits game, the Dolphins-Titans game looks a little bit tight, and that Cowboys-Knights game looks a bit tight. So I'll probably save it for a couple more weeks. Um, I went with the Rabbits to win tonight. Uh, Broncos against the Eels up in Darwin. I went with the Broncos, but the Eels do have a very good record up there. Um, I went with the Sharks, clearly the best of the week. Knights travelled to Townsville. Uh, they have Ponga starting or coming back off the bench, and they get Safiti back. Cowboys in a lot of trouble at the moment. I think the Knights can cause an upset there. I did like the, the Titans at Suncorp against the Dolphins, then the Eagles at Campbelltown, the Roosters, and then the Storm on Anzac Day. And your best bet? Yeah, certainly the Sharks to cover the 14 and a half. Oh, okay. I've gone, Jared, I've gone in my tip. I've gone, I'll just run, run you through it. Panthers by 10, Para against Brizzy, Sharks against Canterbury. Newey against North Queensland, Goldie against Dolphins, Manly against the Mythical Tigers, Roosters, Storm. Mm. Well, we've got two different. And it's one of those weeks, you know, like I said, there's at least three games that are very line ball in the market. Right. The only reason I'm going para, Jared, is because Pete wins up there. And he rec- I spoke to him yesterday. He's up there watching the game. He reckons they're trained really well. He said he's look- they're looking good. They'll-, they'll have a good crack at Brizzy. Well, I don't well, know. I- games. Uh... I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to go Joker, Jaren. Should I go Joker this week? We're round eight. We've got to rope all these people above us in by round nine. That's the first sort of um, when we sprinkle gifts to all the people that are in front of the, our panel. Oh, one of us has got to go Joker, I think. Maybe this week or next week. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm, these, are, the, week, these are my tips. I'm going to go rabbits. I'm going to go eels, sharks, knights, dolphins, eagles. Oh. Storm, and I think I'm going to go Dragons. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> Might be the week, week to keep the Joker in your pocket. Okay. Right Jared, on. what do you think about... Uh, the only, I'm just leaning towards Penrith, purely off the fact, I reckon the big boys' origin coming up, they're starting to fucking get their groove, and Cleary is playing... He's the best player in the comp right now. Okay, I can't... You can't argue with that. I think their defence continues to be very good. I'm, I just think it's a tight game and where the points come yeah. in, uh, a really good match-up and a great way to start the round. Jared, as, as, a, as chairman of selectors for New South Wales, I want to see Latrell get a bit more involved. If he gets a bit more involved and he's on the ball, I think the Souths can do it. But I don't know. He's, been, he's kind of been a bit hit and miss the last few games. I'd like to see yeah. him get his hands on the ball a bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if we go back three weeks ago against the Storm, uh, his involvement was the difference between them winning or not winning, and they lost that game. And he does like big games, and I think this is one yeah. where he's been building for a couple of weeks. I'd love to see him play, um, play his hand very well tonight. 
Um, I'm fired up for it. Beautiful. Uh, now, Woody, uh, this week have we uh, have we found any new interesting podcast docos that we that we want to highlight for our listeners? The only thing I'd highlight is uh, the Greg Norman uh, the Greg Norman two part interview is now up on uh, Howie Games. If you're if you're into your golf, definitely have a listen. It's quite um it's quite interesting actually. It goes down a few rabbit holes. It's uh, it's I wouldn't say it's, wouldn't say it's a must listen, but it's an interesting listen. I've uh, I've only been. Uh, I'm still down the rabbit hole with the boxing. I'm still watching oh, yeah. the Showtime boxing, like the the lead up, the lead up ones for uh, for Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia on Sunday. I've just been watching the lead up sort of docos going into that. That's what I've been doing. And Woody, um, just uh, just on a final note, we I know uh, everybody's uh, booked in and had their DEXA scans after the Johnny Gannon eight week challenge, which has uh, pretty much been finalised today. Um, what have you learnt? What have you learnt that you can pass on to our listeners? I, I know uh, being in the chat and just helping Johnny organise a few things along the way, geez, there's been some transformations um, of weight loss and muscle mass and it's been really, really good to see. Uh, yeah, my, probably my biggest thing to myself, probably not reacting to wanting to eat when I'm hungry. Like, um, not, like oh, fuck, I want some chocolate and just walk into the fridge and having it. Trying to be a bit more, I don't know, like a little bit less. A bit more discipline? Like, yeah, discipline, that's the word. So that, hopefully I can continue that. I know I'll get my scan tomorrow at 11 a.m. I'm just going to go straight to the chocolate shop and get a block of Cadbury straight after it and just get it out of the road. Yeah, right. That's unbelievable. That, so, now, so, for, so our, for our listeners, uh, Woody, we discussed it on Tuesday at training, but. Um, uh, we we definitely want to uh, tip our hat to uh, to Johnny Gannon. I mean, the last eight weeks has been superb, as in the knowledge and all the information that's been passed on and the way yeah. people have applied it. And as I said on uh, Monday's podcast, we've had uh, Johnny's had a team running uh, in Maroubra, Byron, uh, Lennox, and the Goldie, which has been amazing. And then I think secondly, uh, which he sort of kept under his hat, and I didn't want to uh, release it until now, but. Um, we've got a bit of a gig on Saturday afternoon, uh, a bit of a party to uh, award the uh, the team that's uh, sort of had the the, the, the most uh, significant changes right across the group, um, and yeah. and we've all we've all uh, we've all had to purchase tickets to that, and that's raised. Um, I think it's going to raise the best part of ten thousand dollars for the healthy mind. So, Johnny Gannon and the group and everybody that's participated, um, absolutely top shelf. Well done. I got. I've got one more thing to add, Jeb. What do you think about this? I know, know you love a little sneaky bet. Tonight, first try scorer, I'm going Liam Martin. Crashes over with the assist, try assist from Nathan Cleary. First try scorer. I feel like Liam Martin's going to have a fucking big game today. Well, you know what, Woody? You'll probably get about 150 to 1. Yeah. Because Liam I'm Martin's just not playing. He's not playing. Get He's not playing. All right. Well, you heard it. Is he? No, he's injured. That's correct, isn't it, Jerry? Don't bet on that. Don't. <laughs> yeah, don't bet on that, then, all you listeners. Right. Let's wrap oh, it up there. Good. You're off with the pixies. All you right. need to go back to Woolworths and collect a few more cans. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, all Woody. Right. Have a great Anzac weekend. <laughs> See you, gentlemen. See you. Bye.
smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>